And welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day. Magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. It is the week of October 9th, 2023. Hopefully you guys had a uh, three-day weekend if you got off for um, Columbus Day um, or Indigenous People Day, I think they call it now. Uh, that, was, that was always like one of those random days off as a kid. Like when you're in school, you're like, what? We, we have it off? Oh, okay. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, missing those days. But I'm back. Another new episode. Ready to talk some Disney. It's officially spooky season. Going to keep that theme going today. But first, you guys know, if you've been here before and listened to the podcast before, got to plug everything first. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, eh, YouTube if you want. But Instagram and TikTok are the big two. Disney World Today. You can find me there. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Feel free to stop by and say hi. Uh, if you see something cool you want to send my way, Disney-related or not, reels, posts, stuff like that, I always appreciate it. I love talking Disney with you guys. And if you have ideas for the show, episode ideas, topic ideas, top 10 lists, top 5 lists, anything like that, uh, feel free to let me know. Uh, if you've been listening, like a lot of the episodes I've been doing recently are all based off of suggestions from you guys. I still have a few more to do for sure. After, uh, after I finish a couple of the ones I had planned for October slash Halloween time, uh, we'll get, get back to some of the ones that you guys suggested. Also, wherever you're listening to this, if you could hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. You can leave uh, ratings on Spotify. You can write me a review on uh, Apple Podcast page if you're listening on your iPhone. If you do write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. And if you'd like to support me and support the podcast, you could do so and become a monthly contributor. Um, you can find the link to do that on my Spotify or my Instagram bio. Also, I did want to plug I, uh, on my TikTok. If you follow me on TikTok, if not, check me out there. Um, I, there's like this new thing. TikTok kind of confuses me. Like I, I feel like I'm too old for TikTok, but I have a decent amount of followers on there. And it's like, okay, I might as well try to keep this up. Try to keep in touch with the cool kids. Um, they have like this thing called TikTok Marketplace. You could like buy stuff off of TikTok now. And I bought this Halloween Town t-shirt. It, and I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty cool. Um, it's like a picture of Halloween Town. It says, um, you know, uh, 1998 at the bottom of it. And uh, if you see some of my videos, I'm wearing it, I'm plugging it. Uh, if you guys are interested in buying a shirt, if you do so, I'm gonna be honest with you, I get commission from it. It's like only a few bucks. Um, and, you know, they're not paying me anymore to do this. Like I bought, I bought the t-shirt and I was like, oh, wow, I I can like plug this in my videos, maybe make a little extra money. Um, if you guys are interested, check it out. It is a cool shirt. I wear it. Actually, I, I wore it once and now my wife took it and she wears it. So uh, I may have to buy another one cause, just because I think it's pretty cool. And again, like I kind of like, you know, around Halloween, I'll definitely be wearing like my Halloween town shirt. I only have like a few kind of uh, Halloween themed shirts. I now have this Halloween town one. I have a couple of shirts from when I went to Disney World for Halloween I have like a Tower of Terror and like a Haunted Mansion shirt. So if you're interested, it's on my TikTok. I'm sure you'll see it. Check it out. Last week on the pod, we talked about the top five attractions that should get a Halloween overlay. Now, this kind of idea stemmed from last year around Christmas. I'm on my phone. I'm here in Chicago. It's like 20 degrees. It's dark at four o'clock. I'm looking on Instagram and someone posted a video from inside living with the land and it was all decorated with Christmas lights and stuff. And I was like, wow, that looks so cool. And I did an episode on 
on attractions that should get a Christmas overlay. And I figured since it's Halloween time, I've talked a lot about trying to improve the Halloween experience at Walt Disney World besides just having the Mickey's Not So Scary. So I gave my top five attractions that should get a Halloween overlay. You know, something like just adding lights and Halloween decorations to current attractions. It, it may seem small, but again, it's something that makes that Halloween experience better. It makes it different. It makes it more unique. And my whole pitch was, imagine you're going to Disney with your family around Halloween and you can't afford Mickey's Not So Scary. It's not a cheap ticket. You're already paying thousands of dollars, you know, for your Disney vacation, you know, over a hundred dollars just to enter the park, not including anything else. You know, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of families that's just not in the budget. So you're in Disney, it's around Halloween. You couldn't get to the Halloween party. Like how else are you supposed to celebrate Halloween at Walt Disney World? Well, I think adding a little bit of Halloween theming to some of the current attractions would make a big difference. So that's kind of the premise behind the whole episode. If you haven't listened already, it's available everywhere. And sticking with the theme, this week's episode is all about the scariest attraction in Disney Parks history. Guaranteed. It's all about Disney's alien encounter, the extraterrestrial. If you're if you're too young to ex- experience this, Man, you are in for a, a trip. And if you are, if you are around my age or older, and you were able to, uh, you know, ride it, I, I feel like you have to agree. Like this was absolutely terrifying, and honestly, looking back, kind of unbelievable that it was inside of a Disney theme park for so long. So that's what we're going to talk about on this week's episode. That's about it for this introduction. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad. Now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board! Christmas and Halloween. Those are the two times out of the year that I really like to get into the spirit of things. Not gonna lie, like... When it's Christmas, like right around Thanksgiving through Christmas, like I'm all in, you know, Christmas lights, Christmas decorating, getting the tree set up, wearing Christmas stuff, listening to Christmas music. And uh, recently, in the last few years, I've, I've definitely gotten back into Halloween. Now, it's definitely going to be a lot different now that I have a, a son. We have a, a, our first child and like Halloween for kids, I think, is, is an amazing experience. So we're all excited, you know. We're uh, watching Halloween movies, and like I said, I, I bought a Halloween Town shirt that we're you know trying to take turns wearing, and you know all this stuff decorating the house and everything, and we're just you know pretty excited. I'm all in, you know. And going to Disney a few years back for the Halloween party is what kind of brought me back, you know, into the Halloween spirit. And you know, this time of year, like I was, I was just there's just a stretch of my life I was just not into Halloween anymore. You know, I, I've talked about it on the pod before, like. I wasn't the most popular kid growing up. Uh, my buddy Brian, his family would have really fun Halloween parties. But like once we got to like 16, 17, like those stopped. And I wasn't cool enough to get invited to any cool like high school Halloween parties. Um, so it's basically just probably on Halloween, like me and my buddy Brian just like watching scary movies and stuff, which I, don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, I got into college and it was like this time of year, like me, me and my other friend, like my buddy Adam, we, we call this fall feels season. 
It's just, you know, the weather's changing. It's, you know, here in Chicago, maybe you get a little bit of seasonal depression. The warm weather's gone. Like, fall has always kind of brought a lot of weird feels to me. And like I said, going to Disney for Halloween a few years ago just kind of rejuvenated the whole Halloween season for me. So, sticking to the theme, you know, I like kind of doing that. You know, the all the episodes in, in October are going to be somewhat related to Halloween or scary or something like that. And that brings us to this week. The scariest attraction in not just Walt Disney World history, in Disney Parks history. I will stand behind that. This is scarier than any thrill ride they've ever had. It's scarier than Mission Space. Extraterrestrial alien encounter. Wow. Like, uh, if you weren't able to experience this attraction and you only know of it as Stitch, I, I, I want to say you missed out, but like thinking back, I'm pretty sure I only did this ride like once or twice. And we're just going to kind of get into the whole history of the attraction, kind of where the planning of it started, why it happened, why it came to be, you know, it, what happened to it, why it closed, just kind of a little background and summary of the attraction in case uh, you never got a chance to ride it. And I'm going to try to put in some audio. Um, I don't know if it's going to be exact ride audio or maybe Disney promos about the attraction, but I'm going to put some sort of audio in. Um, just so you can kind of, you know, get into the mood of what the attraction was all about. So this first audio is from a Walt Disney World promo uh, for Alien Encounter from 1995, I believe. And just kind of going through and, and watching some of these is just kind of giving me flashbacks. But here's the audio, uh, a promo from 1995. Imagine being trapped with an alien. And something goes disastrously wrong. Ah, it's, out! it's getting closer! Wouldn't you be just a little upset? Alien encounter, it's here, and there's nothing you can do about it. Man, just hearing that, the the narrator's voice the creepy alien sounds in the background, the screams, you know, the, the voices calling out, like, you know, for help, basically. R really some scary stuff in a promotional video. And if you want to go and uh, you can find it on YouTube and I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram, like, watching it, too, is like... Seeing this as a kid would have definitely freaked me out. Now, I don't remember this uh, from that time. You know, I was only five years old. And I'm pretty sure I didn't go on... Um, alien encounter right away i want to say i probably went on for the first time when i was like nine or ten years old that i can remember so there's a few years there and obviously you know if my parents saw this promo um they probably weren't uh, too eager to put their five-year-old on this attraction and i don't know i bet there was a lot of doubters too because to this point like disney hadn't really done anything like this so even if you're watching this uh you know back then in 1995 and you see it and it's like whoa there's an alien, it's scary, they're screaming, it's, it's in pitch black, but it's Disney, you know, it can't be that bad. That's probably, you know, the mindset a lot of people and parents had back then. So I have some more audio here. Basically, I just want to get the, you know, set the tone, set the vibe, you know, in case any of you guys, you know, weren't old enough to go on it, maybe never wrote it, um, or, you know, just it's been so long since it, you know, it was there. So this audio is from a 
uh, made for Disney like TV special um, where basically they got this guy going around to the park and, and you know, trying out the attractions and stuff like that. The host is kind of annoying. Uh, so I had to like chop it up a little bit because it's a, it's a little much. Uh, but here's some more audio. Again, this one is from 1995. It's a Disney Halloween special made for TV. Scott, the Magic Kingdom has a whole new land for you to visit. It's the all-new Tomorrowland. Hold on to your seat as Scott gets set for a chilling visit with an extraterrestrial. Fear not, people of the future. We are simply visitors from your past. We are friendly. Hi. And we come looking for scary attractions. We do. I know you're all uh, a little nervous, but I'm uh, sure there's nothing to worry about. No, no, it's all right. So just this part of the chair. This is not good. I mean, it's you know it's great, but it's, it's not good. There's something loose in here. All right, Ian. So uh, so that audio actually takes you onto the ride as well. Uh, like I said, the host, if you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. The host is a, is a little much. That one was kind of hard to watch. He was just a little too out there um, and not very funny, I didn't think. But you get the gist of it. Alien encounter, a terrifying attraction. Um, you just hear just screams and alien noises and like electricity and just just a bunch of just creepy, scary noises. And as they kind of mentioned earlier in this audio... This was all part of a brand new Tomorrowland. So Disney kind of rethemed Tomorrowland. I believe this was like their first kind of shot at retheming and uh, kind of refurbishing Tomorrowland since the park opened. And what do they, uh, you know, kind of bring out as their main change here? Besides like the color scheme and paint scheme and stuff like that, Alien Encounter. So if you're asking yourself at this point in the podcast, like what the heck, what kind of attraction was this? Um, if you have been to Disney and you've done Stitch's Great Escape, it was, it was the same type of ride. You know, it, it's hard to explain to someone who has never been there, but it's some, it's not a ride. It's not a show. It's kind of a combination. So if you've done Stitch's Great Escape, it's like the same type of thing. You sit down in a room, there's an alien in the middle of the room, the lights go out and you hear a bunch of sounds and stuff. And the sounds kind of are coordinated with movements uh, for example, you know, the alien would like jump, you know, on your, on your harness and the harness would move up and down. You would hear and feel it breathing, you know, stuff like that. In Stitch's Great Estate, uh, Great Escape, Stitch burps and it smells like chili dogs. Uh, that's like, I feel like the only thing, uh, I can remember from that attraction, but that's basically Alien Encounter. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go in depth behind, uh, you know, the history of it now so that at least if you've never done it, so, uh, extraterrestrial alien encounter goes all the way back to Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner was CEO. He was the head um, of Disney there. And basically, Michael Eisner was responsible for the Disney decade. He came in. They brought him in, I believe, in 1984. And right away, like, he wanted to be active. He, he came in with a bunch of ideas. I believe he was from, like, the movie industry, movie marketing kind of industry so that was his background and they brought him in and right away you know he wants to make changes he wants to add more to the parks he wants to expand he just wanted to go 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 and i've always respected that about him it seemed like um towards the end there a lot of people had problems with him 
you know, but looking at current leadership and the leadership we've had, Michael Eisner's goal was to expand Walt Disney World. You know, he was responsible for two theme parks, MGM Studios and Animal Kingdom. And MGM Studios, you know, was a working movie studio, an actual movie lot. You know, he had he had a lot of, uh, what's the word, like dreams and goals. And he did them. You know, he built all these hotels, the all-star resorts, uh, Port Orleans, um, Caribbean Beach, Swan and Dolphin, like all these hotels, all these countless attractions, everything like that. So Michael Eisner comes in and realizes, you know, he wants to make some changes. And the rumor is that the kind of idea behind Alien Encounter comes from a story where he brought his teenage son to the park. And Disney at this time, again, kind of had this reputation of, you know, more for kids and families only. Uh, so he wanted to get his, you know, teenagers kind of point of view on it. So he brings this kid and basically says the same thing. He's like, hey, dad, like, this is kind of boring. It's all kids rides. Like, there's not enough thrill rides. And that's supposedly where, like, the idea for his alien encounter idea comes from. Before Alien Encounter was there in Tomorrowland, there was an attraction there called Mission to Mars, which which, which is crazy. It closed in, um, I believe it closed in 93. I feel like I went on Mission to Mars. I have like a half of a second like memory of going on this attraction. And basically it was, it was in Tomorrowland and you sat like in a room and there were screens on the floor and the ceiling. And then like the, just the room would kind of just kind of shake and rumble to kind of simulate a space launch, um, you know, a, a mission to Mars. So and that that ride opened in like 1974, like early 70s. So that had been there a long time. This is early 90s now. And it's like, OK, we need to do something with this attraction. It's kind of boring. It's old. It's outdated. He's like, hey, let you know, let's do this alien idea. And his originally, he wanted to work with Ridley Scott uh, from the Alien franchise. You know, the the horror movie, pretty much sci-fi movie. Um, I think that came out in '79. You know, so late '70s, '80s. Like Alien is one of the, you know, more premier sci-fi movies out there. It was huge. Sigourney Weaver. I think there was like three sequels, two or three sequels. And as we saw, they included it in the great movie ride, uh, which was pretty cool. So he wants to work with Ridley Scott and make it like an alien, actual alien-themed attraction. Uh, they kind of talked him off of this. He, he meets with George Lucas, actually, who also kind of said, like, hey, like, Alien, that's, that's too much. That's ra it's a rated R movie, which Disney has always stayed away from. It's rated R. It's a scary movie. You got to deal with the right stuff. George Lucas is kind of like, no, I think you should go a different direction. But Michael Eisner is dead set on some sort of alien attraction. So he's kind of pushes forward with this alien encounter attraction idea. Um, it opens for a soft preview in 1994. And a bunch of guests see the show. Afterwards, um, Michael Eisner closes it because it wasn't intense enough and reportedly spends an extra $10 million on improvements, adding more kind of audio effects, more special effects, uh, improving the dialogue and timing um, with like the actors and stuff within the attraction. $10 million because it wasn't intense enough. Like this is Michael Eisner. Like 
here's this scary alien attraction. They test it out. Not scary enough. We need to make it scarier. Like, it's pretty crazy to think about now. The attraction had two pre-show, pre-ride videos or pre-ride shows. Um, and the second one is the one they made a lot of changes to after the soft opening because part of their kind of strategy was to make that second one scarier and darker um, partly so that people riding with young kids maybe they would see that one and be like hey you know what this seems a little scary this seems a little too dark we're not going to go on Let, let's get out of here and you know kind of save them from actually going on the attraction they actually got um, Jeffrey Jones the actor Jeffrey Jones to play one of the characters you see like these alien characters on the screen they're kind of telling you like what they're doing uh, it's basically like this new like space tech company that is going to demonstrate on how they can like transport crim like aliens and criminals and stuff. Um, and they're going to demonstrate it for you. And like one of the actors is Jeffrey Jones, who I believe was the principal in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which his his name kind of comes into play later on. So they make all these changes. Eisner's finally happy with the final product. Um, all the adjustments and stuff like that. And it finally opens in um, what they were kind of calling Magic Kingdom's new Tomorrowland in June of 1995. So the actual ride itself, the attraction was 18 minutes long. I believe that includes both pre-shows. Um, and George Lucas George Lucas and uh, his Lucasfilm company did have a role in it still. They you know helped kind of produce and uh, create the attraction. Pretty crazy um that they did this you know the the pre-shows had two pre-shows with like a movie they had animatronics in the pre-show you know a somewhat well-known actor to play one of the roles all for this pretty crazy idea by michael eisner uh and like i said you, you know the the attraction itself you sit down in like this room this theater um there's a giant tube in the middle of the room and your seats are all around it they uh they transport an alien into the tube, and of course, something goes wrong. He escapes from the pod, and of course, the lights go out, and all the madness uh, <laughs> comes soon after. So I'm trying to think of my memories of this attraction, because I know I wrote it. And the thing that pops in my head, I remember sitting there. You have this harness on. It's the same kind of um, restraints as the Stitch's Great Escape. Like these big, heavy harnesses that you have over your shoulders. And the lights go out and it's pitch black. And you hear screaming and sound effects and alarms and shouting for help. And the aliens like flying around the room, like jumping on top of like your harness. And I swear, I remember just closing my eyes as hard as I could and just wanting this to be over. Like absolutely terrified. And there's a scene in the show where the aliens like over your shoulder and like you can like hear and feel it breathing on you man i was probably nine ten years old maybe you know somewhat at, at nine or ten i feel like you have a a decent grasp on um reality and what's real and not you know maybe closer to 10 for sure I thought for sure there was an alien in that attraction. There was a there was a real alien on my shoulder about to eat me. Like absolutely terrifying. I probably screamed so loud on that with my eyes. I don't think I could physically squeeze my eyes any more shut. But 
that's like my one main memory of that attraction. It, it, it wasn't one of those where every year on our family vacation, me and my cousins were going on. I wanted no part of that, you know, after that first time. Like maybe I did it twice, but the, the fear of just sitting there in a theater. And again, this is this is the mid late 90s technology and stuff was still at Disney, especially was still like state of the art, like stuff you couldn't experience anywhere else. You couldn't experience experience this like anywhere one of a kind. So you go and you sit in this room and the lights go off and your, you know, your harness is moving up and down like the aliens on top of you. You hear and feel it breathing on you. Like you thought it was real. It was crazy. Like I understand what Michael Eisner wanted to do. He wanted a thrilling attraction that teenagers could go on. You know, they thought was cool. Like they want to get scared this was this was a little much i think this was a little much i think um especially oh you know we're redoing tomorrowland here's this brand new tomorrowland uh a pretty iconic land uh in regards to disney in general you know there's a tomorrowland at disneyland as well and for the grand opening oh what do we have oh this new attraction and i just i feel like a lot of people were caught off guard i do remember too there was another scene where you get wet for some reason like i don't know if the aliens spit on you or sprayed you with something, but you get, again, you get, you get hit by like this mist and you're freaking out cause it's the dark and you're just thinking it's like alien slime or something. And again, mid, mid nineties, late nineties, the special effects like this was, was crazy. You know, um, there was something similar on honey. I shrunk the audience where the, there was a dog that would sneeze and you would get sprayed back then. Like as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever. Like, Oh my God, how do they do that? And now, you know, I got this alien on my shoulder, like drooling on me. I feel it's, you know, sweat or spit or whatever. Man, just, just freaked me out. You know, uh, before I started recording, I, w I wanted to do some research on this attraction just because it's one of those I remember, but, be but being so young and only doing it a couple times, you know, I don't have the best memory and kind of um, thoughts about it. Of what I was reading, like, there was a lot of cases where kids were coming off of that attraction crying and screaming. And I believe it. And that's what I mean by I think people were caught off guard. And I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. It's it's Disney. It's Disney World in the 90s. Up until this point, you know, everything was just strictly kind of PG, family oriented. You know, here's this alien attraction. Even if you see these promos or the warning signs, which, you know, some people probably didn't. You know, a lot, again, back then, unless you were watching, you know, the Disney Channel or ABC when they played that promo... Um, or a commercial, you know, randomly somewhere. How would you know about this new attraction? Like a lot of us, we would get to the Magic Kingdom and be like, whoa, there's this cool new attraction in Tomorrowland. It's called Alien Encounter. Oh, that's where Mission to Mars used to be. It's probably the same thing where you sit in a room and the room just kind of shakes a little bit. Nope, nope. You have an alien just terrifying you for 15 minutes. People were walking out of there like in disbelief kids crying, parents complaining. Um, and that's definitely part of the reason why it ended up going away and only lasted, you know, it lasted less than 10 years. You know, what I can appreciate about this attraction is just the, the, the effort and thought that they put into it. Like Michael Eisner wanted an attraction based off of Alien, the movie. They couldn't get that done. So he just kind of developed their own story, which I, I applaud. I wish they would do that more. Um, they, you know, 
they spend 10 million alone in improvements. Like imagine, you know, what they spent on this attraction in total. And I think he was right. I think it did, you know, Disney did need some more thrill rides. Maybe they still do. I just think it was just a bad fit, you know, bad timing, I think as well. I think that that type of attraction, I think would actually maybe work today. But in 1995 at the Magic Kingdom, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it would work. You know, maybe what they could have done over time instead of closing it was maybe, I don't know. Maybe you just keep it and just hope kids don't get scared and, and complain. You know, maybe you develop a tamer version, kind of like they did with Mission Space. But this ride does have kind of a cult following now. It's remembered by a lot of us. You know, again, I think part of it is we have a soft spot in our hearts for attractions that go away and that plays a role. You know, did we, people weren't lining up, you know, in crazy numbers to ride it, you know, when it closed, if it was that popular, maybe it would have still been around. Um, but there, there's a few reasons why it closed and it being just absolutely terrifying uh, is definitely one of them. Just, just bad timing, you know, mid nineties at Disney is a lot different and kids are a lot different um, you know, than they are today. I think if I would have gone on this attraction for the first time when I was older, I would have a, a different kind of reaction to it and a, a different feel about it. If I was going on this for the first time at when, like, when I was 14, 15, 16, oh, I, def I definitely uh, would have loved it uh, back then. 14-year-old Kevin thought he was the coolest kid in the world uh, at Disney. I probably would have gone on it a bunch of times and pretended like I wasn't scared, but... You know, going on for the first time as a kid, it was terrifying. I, you know, it wasn't something I wanted to do. We weren't going out of our way to ride it, and that's a problem. In October of 2003, Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter officially closed, and it was announced that it was being replaced by a Lilo and Stitch ride, Stitch's Great Escape, uh, which, again, here we are in 2023, you know, talking about what what they're going to replace that ride with now. So, you know, not a great sign that uh, this attraction is getting another uh, another makeover already. You know, even when they announced Lilo and Stitch or in, uh, Stitch's Great Escape, Disney promoted the hell out of it. Like, I believe they TP'd Cinderella's Castle in order to kind of market this attraction. Um you know, Stitch was huge. It came out in uh, like 2002, I believe. The movie was a huge hit. There was a TV show. Lilo and Stitch, the characters, were super popular. So it, it made sense, you know. The, the ride, Alien Encounter, was losing popularity. Why not replace it with something um, that was definitely more popular at the time? Is a Disney-owned entity in Lilo and Stitch. You know, Stitch was hugely popular. Still is a pretty, pretty big character for them. And, you know... Leland Stitch about an alien and it it kind of did fit there in uh in Tomorrowland like the new the new new Tomorrowland with you know Buzz Lightyear Monsters Inc and, and uh Stitch um they all kind of fit there so why did Alien Encounter close I mean I I think we touched on it enough it it closed the main reason it was terrifying it was too scary it was too much the to this day, you know, the majority of Disney guests that are going on these attractions are younger kids. This was a little much for them. You're, you're putting them in a dark room uh, and telling them that an alien escaped 
and is you know flying around the room killing some of the uh you know the the space tech workers and you you're afraid for your life you're afraid that you're gonna get eaten by this alien and i think i think there's a difference between going on a thrill ride like space mountain because it goes fast and there's drops and you know twists and turns and then sitting in a room like scared for your life I, there's a difference between the two you know I, I do wonder what that original version was um, that Michael Eisner was not happy with that they they spent all that money and time um, to make it even scarier like I wonder what that version was like um, you know they, they definitely they tried to warn people they tried to tell people like hey this is not for the small kids this is for you know that teenage to adult crowd um, I just think in the end, it just, it didn't matter. Uh, along with that, you know, why did it close? <sighs> that type of attraction, I've mentioned on this podcast before. What is the rewritability of that type of attraction? I'm not even talking about Alien, Encounter, or Stitch's Great Escape, but put any type of theming in that attraction how long can that really last? I did an entire episode on it, on what they should change Stitch's Great Escape to, and I, and I mentioned in there, I think that type of ride is it just has a, has a short shelf life. You know, Alien Counter, the best and biggest thing about that attraction was the shock factor, right? Now, you're going into a, you know, there's a pre-show, you sit down in a theater, the lights go off, and it's just, you know, there's sound effects and stuff happening around you. That's that shock factor, once you go on it once, um, and you, you're old enough to kind of realize things, you know what's coming. You know what's happening. Is it really thrilling if you go on it more than once when you know what's going to happen? You know, you're not moving. You're just, you're just hearing sounds in the dark. Like, I feel like that's a problem with that type of attraction. It just doesn't work in the long run because I think, you know, us Disney people, we go... You know, routinely we go a lot. We don't go to the parks once every 10 years. Like that's, this attraction is great for someone like that. We're going, you know, all the time, every year, every other year. And it, it got to the point where it's like, even with Stitch, like we, you know, we did that a few years ago. We don't need to do it again. It's the same ride. You know, it doesn't do anything after that first time. I, I don't know what they're going to replace Stitch's Great Escape with, but I do think they need to switch up the type of show it is. You can't I don't think you can just retheme it and put something else in there. It'll it'll lurk it'll work short term, but in ten years we're going to be talking about what they're replacing it with again. Um, you know, I, I talked about it. Um, another problem, you know, Alien Encounter. It didn't include any Disney characters, and nowadays that's what Disney wants. They want their own characters in the parks. Um, as much as I love original attractions, Disney doesn't feel the same way, and. You know, again, credit to Michael Eisner. He he wanted Alien from the actual movie, didn't work, so he just like, hey, you know what? Fine, I'll I'll create my own and you know create my own story. I think those days are long gone, um, so that's part of the reason why it closed as well. Like, it's hard to argue in two thousand three putting Stitch um, and replacing Alien Encounter with Stitch. It as as cool as I think it was, it was the the right move for Disney. You know the the. Alien Encounter towards the end there, the lines were not very long. It was kind of similar to Stitch's Great Escape, where you can kind of walk on whenever you wanted, 10-minute wait. Um, people weren't going on it more than once. You know, kids were staying away. Another kind of issue with that with that attraction, um, the actor that was in the pre-show, Jeffrey Jones, a well-known actor, again, I believe he was the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 
he gets arrested in, I think this was 2001 or 2002 for some really bad stuff. Like, he's a bad dude. I hope he's locked away forever. He gets arrested and he's, you know, he's the lead guy in the, in the pre-show for this attraction. Like, it already had so many strikes against it. Like, it's, it's too scary. People, you know, Imagineers were against it from day one. It's too much. It's too thrilling. It's too scary. You know, it, it's losing popularity. Oh, and the actor that's in this ride just got arrested for some really bad stuff. Like, yeah, we're definitely changing that. And that that had to play a role with Disney. You know, you can't have someone in your parks like that. Um, even though he was, like, in character and, like, in a costume, it just, it, you can't have that. Overall, whether you like the ride, you've never heard of it, whether it was good or bad, it doesn't really matter. Alien Encounter has a lasting legacy at Walt Disney World. Like, I think it will forever go down as the scariest attraction of all time it would be hard for them to top that you know especially now i feel like if you were to look up like scariest attractions at walt disney world all time like it, it's like the one that's always on the list it's always number one people just remember it and i think it, it did have that cool factor you know yes it, it was probably too scary and too thrilling especially at that time but it did have that cool factor it was in T tomorrowland tomorrowland well, it was freshly redone. It was, you know, that neon with the blues and the greens and the sounds. And it was cool. You know, that whole area was cool. Alien Encounter, just looking at, like, if you just look up the uh, the sign for the queue, had a cool sign, cool music, everything about it. It did have that cool thrilling factor that Michael Eisner was looking for. And yeah, that, you know, it, it was too thrilling and too scary. But maybe doing that led to them, you know, um, bringing some more thrilling attractions into the park, you know, not soon after, you know, Alien Encounter opens in 95, you get, you know, in the next few years, Test Track and Rock and Roller Coaster, Mission Space, Expedition Everest, like, I think it, I think it did play a role, you know, maybe it took a little while, but I definitely think it played a role. You know, th this attraction was the reason why I was terrified of the alien part on the great movie ride for my entire life. Gave me some PTSD because the aliens were pretty much identical. And that scene used to scare me so much when I was a kid. Probably because I went on Alien Encounter. If you never got to experience it, I, I recommend looking it up either on Google or YouTube. You know, if you do watch it on YouTube, the videos don't do it justice. It's not like one of those types of attractions. But it is cool to kind of see what it was all about. Um, just pretend that you're on Stitch's Great Escape. But instead of a, a cute, friendly blue alien, it's this giant, scary, predator-looking alien that's trying to, you know, eat you. Um, that's pretty much what it was. But that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. That's all I got on Alien Encounter. Just a little background, a little history, my memories of it, um, so that you guys, you know, know a little bit about it too. Kind of staying in the spooky season. Got to talk about the scariest attraction in all of Walt Disney World if we're, you know, if we're staying true to this Halloween theme. But that's it. It's it's gone. Um, I wish Disney would kind of pay tribute to some of these old extinct attractions more. You know, Alien Encounter especially. I feel like they could sell some good merch, some shirts and stuff. Um, again, it just had a cool logo in it. It had that cool factor. So, Disney, get on that. Before we wrap it up, I know I, I, I always mention how uh, I like to get in a Halloween mood. My wife and I have been watching, like, all, all Halloween stuff. Uh, we watched a little bit of Hocus Pocus. We watched Halloween Town 1, Halloween Town 2, Phantom of the Megaplex, a uh, very underrated uh, Disney Channel original movie. And then she put on Halloween Town High, which 
I obviously know of and I remember seeing of and hearing about, but I don't think I had ever seen that like from start to finish before. And to be honest, like not even start to finish, like the majority of that movie, I just, I don't think I ever saw it. And I, it came out in 2004. Um, I was 14, probably, you know, freshman in high school. It was around that time where, I don't know, I just, I don't think I was as into the Disney channel anymore. And, you know, just, you get busy with stuff in high school sports and, and new friends and stuff like that. I had never even seen 99% of that movie before. And it's like, wow, like Halloween Town 1 is probably my favorite Halloween movie. You know, the second one isn't too bad, but here's like a third one. And I, I don't know, I think they made a fourth one. It's like, I'd never even seen it before. And it was not very good. I didn't think. Uh, it was just kind of weird to see that. Like, I kind of wish they would maybe bring it back, do something new. You know, you got Disney Plus, do stuff like that, like a Halloween Town reboot. That would be pretty cool. You know, it's Halloween. You got to do all the fun activities, you know, watch Halloween movies, you know, and not necessarily scary movies. So we want all the content we can, you know, all the fun activities. We're thinking about going to a pumpkin patch, bringing our son, uh, if the weather kind of holds up. I don't know, the weather lately... I know I talk about the weather on here a lot because I use you guys as it's like my personal therapy sometimes. But man, so like earlier this week, it was like the morning I'm going to work. It's like 39 degrees, 40 degrees. Like once you see that three and the four, the beginning of the number, like I'm going to be in a bad mood. So it's been cold. And then like at lunchtime, it gets up to like 60. And then at night it gets cold again. And then it's been raining for like two straight days. And it's just oh so gross. But, the, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully uh, hopefully one day soon we'll be living down in Florida. But until then, I'll continue to uh, keep you guys updated on my personal life and my feelings about the weather. And also, you know, a Disney podcast along the way. I hope I was able to provide you guys a little bit of that Disney magic that I think we all kind of know and miss and need sometimes. Whether you're, you know, stuck in traffic, going to work, doing chores around the house, doing cardio at the gym. If you're listening to this... I hope I was able to help because I do the same thing. Trust me, I do the same exact thing. Like, I'm on my way to the gym now. You know, maybe I'll listen to a little Epcot music (laughs) before I I get into my workout playlist. But thank you guys, as always, for listening. You guys are the best. I mean that. I think I have, I've said it before, like, we have the best Disney community on social media. And I'll put that up, up against anyone else. Like, it all stems from, like, you guys and interacting with me in the podcast and on my Instagram My DMs are always open. You can send me a DM saying, hey, Kevin, you suck. Hey, Kevin, what about the Cubs? Hey, you know, what are we hitting at the gym today? It doesn't matter. I'll I'll answer. You know, I'm not some super celebrity hotshot that's too good for anyone. But thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Um, Next week's episode, I'm going to try to keep the October episodes somewhat Halloween related. So hopefully you're not too sick of that. going to probably have to start working on next week's as soon as I finish editing this week's. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube if you want, but Instagram and TikTok are the big two. DMs are always open on Instagram, TikTok. It's a little too hectic. I don't know. Instagram's the one. Also, if you could hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. If you're listening on your iPhone and you haven't left me a review, please just stop right now. It takes two minutes. You can write two sentences. I don't care. You know, just rating and a review i'll give you a shout out on the very next episode if you don't want a shout out let me know we don't have to do that but i just appreciate all you guys um yeah that's all i got until next week always remember it all started with the mouse